Hey, everybody, welcome back to another episode of The Women's Fittest. This is part two of my episode with Brooke Walker talking about contest prep. In this particular episode, in the second half, we are covering more elements of setting yourself up for success before you step on stage. We do lastly cover drugs a little bit. It was not on my agenda to talk about this, but I felt like it was very important because I get so many women who think that drugs is just an element of the sport, which it is on a particular level, but not at the beginning, not when you're just deciding if you want to go into contest prep. Um, and it is just not, it doesn't have to be a part of it. I competed for, uh, a year, three times and prepared for that for about two and a half years prior before I stepped on stage and have been lifting ever since never taking any type of a drug. And I'm very happy with that choice that I made. Maybe things would have been different if I had started earlier in my life. Uh, there's a variety of reasons why people would choose to use performance enhancing drugs, but that is something that takes a lot of research, a lot of consideration, and probably the conversation needs to be had with somebody who's been there, who has your best interests in mind, who has your health in mind, and is going to know what's best for you at that particular time and together you and let's say your coach and or loved ones will be making that decision and then like anything I always tell my daughter this you always weigh out the cost and the benefit of something because everything is an exchange so something that could be adding to your life right now might not be adding to your life Fully. And so those benefits and risks always need to be weighed out. So I know this whole episode, uh, cumulatively both halves, I feel like were um, me being very cautionary, but there's so much more information out there now. And you really are able to research things a lot more to know what your risks and your rewards are going to be with things. And like I said, I am a big root cause person and a lot of people are just trying to be happier and healthier physically, mentally, spiritually in their bodies. And there's so many ways of going about that. So I don't want to discourage someone from doing contest prep because for me, and obviously, Brooke talks about it with such passion. It's a wonderful lifestyle. It's been a wonderful experience. And you could figure out whatever level you want to be in this space with, in this fitness and bodybuilding space with. And everyone is welcome. So that's what I love about it. So I hope that you enjoy this second half and understand that I am always coming from a, um, you know, a, a wisdom perspective, a mother's perspective, and just looking at life in the big picture, because that's where I am in my life. And, uh, you know, Brooke is in the thick of it. And she sees people excited and wanting to get into it. And so we are hoping that this episode gives you the information that you need in order to begin your journey and figure out, you know, your level, where you want to start, where you want to go, um, and maybe just just getting your feet wet. And, um, you know, it's, it's kind of a, a where to start to begin the step, to begin the journey. And there's absolutely no harm in that. So I hope you enjoy. And thank you again for listening to another episode of the women's fittest. We love doing these podcasts. We love sharing information with you. And I seriously, um, sincerely hope that it's helpful. So thanks again. Oh my God. You know, I often tell people if it sounds like it's too good to be true, it probably is too good to be true. So 
these people that are saying, oh, I lost 10 pounds in one week. And you still see, I don't know what those magazines are, but I mean, they still exist. It's like, you'll drop 25 pounds in 25 days. You know, I'm like, oh my gosh, but people call for that, you know, and from like a, a marketing standpoint, I guess it's great. <laughs> but, you know, if it sounds too good to be true, it probably is too good to be true. And I think uh, you have to be very realistic with yourself, you know? So if you are just starting this journey, maybe training five days a week isn't ideal for you. And that's okay. Start small scale, start with something that you can do, that you can implement into your routine and you can do it successful. You know, you can do it without having any major issues. Don't stress yourself out, you know? Then once you get to the point where maybe that three-day routine is becoming easy for you and you don't feel like you're having any issues, you're just doing it, then maybe you can implement that fourth day and build off of that versus just going all out 110%, all gas, no breaks. And I commend that kind of uh, thought process, but that's not ideal, especially if you haven't been doing something like that long-term or ever, you know, do something that you can stick with because consistency is what's going to get you your, your end goal. Um, it's going to get the, you the results that you want. So just focus on that consistency. And if you're only able to do three days a week at, from the get go, that's okay. You can build off of that. Um, nothing's permanent. So I think you just have to have that kind of mind frame and be very, very realistic with yourself and your goals. What can you do? How much time can you devote to training? Um, I understand their life is busy. People have jobs that require a lot of hours of them. People have families and, and children husbands, things of that sort. So just be realistic with yourself. And what can you do at this given moment? How much time can you devote to this kind of lifestyle? Yeah. I mean, burnout is not sustainable. You know what I mean? Like you're going to be, if you're, you don't like so many, the reason why people say like diets don't work is because they do a diet and then they go off the diet, you know? So that, that's not the mindset that you want to have. And even if you did like some sort of a challenge like this, like you can adjust to do three days, but you know what five days looks like. You can, like you said, Brooke, you can do three days. And then if that's working out well for you for a couple of months and you can add a fourth day or you can add a fifth day, you get to decide when you're stepping on the gas pedal and when you're stepping on the brakes. And I mean, this is what we all do on a regular basis. It's like things in life happen and you know what, I guess I can't train today. It's not going to work out. So now I have to, you know, do it tomorrow. And this is more me. That's like in, in more of a lifestyle phase of my life and not a prep phase of my life, but you have to learn to adjust to, you know, the obstacles that life throws you without just giving up, which is, I think what a lot of people do because it's very, very all or nothing. So, and to, to talk about your, the magazines, you know, so, I mean, weight loss isn't fat loss and you want to lose fat. You don't want to lose weight because weight is water or unfortunately it's, you know, that lean tissue that you're working so hard to hold on to. So if it happens quickly, your body is like, oh my gosh, like something traumatic is happening. Let's get rid of the, you know, the weight that's on us that, um, is hardest to sustain. And that's the muscle. That's what's going to be lost first. So, um, yeah, you definitely want to take your time. I think that's kind of the theme of this whole thing is <laughs> take your, take your time. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we, we just live a fast paced lifestyle and, you know, I kind of had said it, mentioned it earlier. We want immediate results right then with little work. <laughs> you know, and I get it. Who doesn't want that? I mean, I do too. <laughs> That's just not how it's going to go. It's that is not going to happen. So that goes back to, if it sounds too good to be true, it probably is, you know, um, it, it's, it gets boring. We've said it multiple times throughout this podcast. It does get boring. You do the same things over and over again, but that's, that's what's going to create the, the progress that you want. And you will be so happy if you just stick with it as well. Um, and here's the thing, the time's going to pass anyways, right? Four weeks from now is going to be four weeks. Four years from now is going to be four years. So you can choose what you do with that time, you know, because we all have that time. We just have to 
decide what we're going to do with it. Yeah, it's so true. Um, one of the things that I was going to say, um, oh, part of the beauty of, so, you know, it, like we talked about, it's, it sucks how social media presents, can present it like it's really easy or it's really quick. But the other beauty of, you know, social media and the internet is that you have all these people providing a lot of great information so that you don't have to make the mistakes like the mistakes I made or the mistakes that you made at the very beginning. Um, because if I did compete now, I would know so much more than when I <laughs> when I did it the first time. And so I think this is kind of what we're like warning people against. It's like you can do it right the first time. Like you have an opportunity to do it right the first time. And it may, it might not happen as soon as, you know, yours or my experience, like a lot of us had. Um, I know, I mean, I personally, I started lifting in 2010 um, and I didn't step on stage until 2014. So I did put in a pretty good amount of, <laughs> I give myself a little, <laughs> a little bit of credit. But, you know, I've done so many interviews where girls will just be like, oh, you know, they're already kind of lean anyways because of a sport or whatever. And they did just step on stage and, you know, looked OK. But this is also where genetics come into play. And you can see kind of who the people are who it's like, oh, they got away with that because they had good genetics and then they were building off that. And that's why they're a pro in the industry now, you know. It is, it's very person dependent, you know what I mean? So that kind of goes back to like the idea of seeing what is your foundation at right now? You know, there, there's people that might be able to step on stage quicker than others purely based off of the fact of genetics. Maybe they have played sports all of their life. So they have some sort of background there that will help them and it will benefit them from a, um, a competition standpoint. And then if there's somebody that, you just like the idea of competing and you've seen these like the, the glamour of it on social media and you see these girls and they look phenomenal, but yet you've maybe never worked out a day in your life. It's probably going to take you a little time. Um, and it depends on what you look like at this given moment. Are you, are you very thin? Are you very heavy? Do you have a lot of body fat to lose? You know, those are all things that you have to kind of take into consideration prior to even dabbling with the idea of, okay, this is the show that I want to compete at, you know? Um, but it is everything in this world is person dependent. So I think you have to be realistic with yourself and you can only compare yourself to yourself, not somebody else, not your favorite pro on Instagram. Um, that's something to kind of talk about too. Your, your favorite pro on Instagram as well. They maybe look incredible right now, but their first show, they probably didn't look like that. I assure you. <laughs> so just because you want to get on stage and you want to look like uh, Nicole Wilkins, you know, she didn't always look like that, you know, you have to go back and these, these pros and they're the thing that I love about social media is most of these pros, they post their journeys. So you can scroll through their social media and see where they started. And that, that puts things into perspective that they didn't start being number one. It wasn't like they went and they did their first show and they're like, this person is just so phenomenal. We need to get them on the pro stage. You know, it, it took them years to, to earn that pro status. And then once they earned that, it probably could have taken them years to make it to, to the Olympia, you know? So just be mindful of that. It is, it's a long journey. It's, you have to be very, very patient, but it's, it's so worth it. Um, it, it is absolutely worth it. Well, it's, it's worth it to just take that step. Like this is my encouragement and, you know, I want to give people accolades for, you know, you don't have to be a competitive bodybuilder, like we said, to be in this lifestyle and it's going to be, it's actually healthier, right? I mean, we, we can honestly say that it is healthier to be treading that line of competing rather than going to competing and then back into building and competing and building. It's, and you have to be healthy in all those other aspects, like somebody like you, Brooke, who is very disciplined. This is why you can, you know, maintain a good level of body fat in the off season, but not too heavy and still look good and all those things. This, you're on that other level and that's not most people, but anybody can 
be going to the gym, implementing progressive overload in their training, learning how to eat healthy 75% of the time, having a healthy food relationship. Like this is possible for anybody. Now, what the outcome will look like on your body is absolutely person dependent. It doesn't mean that you're going to, you know, look like Brooke or look like Nicole Wilkins or, you know, me or whatever it is. Um, but you can figure out what is best for you and what level you can, you know, your body can look like. And you can always be working in different ways to, to better that. I, one of the things that I love doing, and I think, you know, Brooke, you're the same type of person. I mean, I'll get women who, you know, they message me about wanting to compete. I ask them to fill out my assessment form and then I go over everything and just, this is me evaluating you, where you are, what you can be doing, um, you know, whether we're going to be working together or not. I'm going to honestly tell you an assessment of you. And I know you're going to do the same thing because you can't just say like, oh, you're 40, you should do figure. Oh, you're 20, you should do bikini. It's like, I need to know your food relationships, what you've been doing, you know, what you're capable of doing, what your life allows you to do, um, all those things, and just kind of assess where you are right now to get you into a direction that you want to go. But um, find somebody who will give you an honest opinion that is personal about where you are and the direction that you need to go. So then you, you kind of know where to start from, you know, I think that's really important. Yeah, you know, and, and just like you said, go to somebody that will give you an honest opinion. Um, your your friends and your family, they're great and they're super supportive. But just because your your mom says you should have won the show doesn't mean you should have won the show, you know. And I and I say that in the nicest way possible. Um, this is it's a sport that you are literally going on stage to get judged based off of how you look. Um, so go to somebody that knows what they're talking about and they're going to give you honest feedback uh, and, and don't take it personal. I don't ever take anything personal because the, the individual, if they are being honest with you, they're doing it in a very genuine, kind way because they want you to be successful. Um, and if this is something that you truly are considering, they want to help you. Right. So if they tell you that maybe you need some time or you have an excessive amount of body fat to lose before or whatever the case may be you know, don't take it personal, um, but go to somebody that you do value their opinion, but they are going to give you the God's honest truth in, in that regard as well. Because if you do want to compete, you want somebody that's going to tell you how it is. That way you'll be successful, you know, and, and I don't care who you are. Everybody wants to have a good experience. That journey wants to be, they, you want a good journey to talk about because you're going to remember that journey, you know, whether you do one show and you're done or you continue to do it because you love it, you are going to remember that process and that journey. So, so make sure that you're going to somebody that's going to help you be successful in the long run. Yeah. 100%. Um, I wanted to just, I wanted to quickly touch on this. I felt like this is a good episode to talk about this quickly. So I have had, um, quite a few people ask like, oh, do you think you'll ever compete again <laughs> Like to me? And I, I just wanted to address this because I, um, I had the most wonderful experience the first time I stepped on stage. And to me, I, I'm not somebody who's like, oh, I love competing. You know, that's not what I, I like going to the gym. I like food. I don't really like dieting. I'm not a happy, <laughs> I'm not a happy um, person when I'm in a deficit. Um, it makes me very tired. Um, you know, I have a very physical job, those types of things. So with my current lifestyle, it just doesn't really work out. I just don't think that I could duplicate or top my first experience. And so um, even though, um, and I don't even know now if I would say, um, you know, the goal with bodybuilding is to look better every time you step on stage. And I think if I had maybe done that in 2017, when I was getting ready to do a show and then it just, it didn't work out, I wasn't going to be lean enough. And we had a family vacation, um, 
to Mexico that was going to be like right after that show. And I knew I wasn't going to be able to stay on track with things. So, you know, I just kind of went into an, an improvement season. Then I had a bunch of injuries and, um, you know, it is what it is. It's, it's different for everybody. I know a lot of women who are my age who want to compete. And I feel like there is... I don't want to say, I don't want to say there's a danger, but it's a lot more risky when you're older because you can, I mean, I know women who are in their forties who've competed and now all of a sudden menopause has come earlier to them than what they've expected. Like dieting at a later stage in life to that extreme can be problematic and you have to accept the risk that comes with that just to, you know, do this goal. So I think getting into a lifestyle that's healthy and makes you happy is going to make you happy in the long run. Um, and you have to always assume the risk when you decide that you want to compete. For me, I spent the last couple of years really trying to get a healthy relationship with food, which I really feel like I have. And I don't want to mess that up either. Um, so I don't want to do anything extreme like that. But um, it sucks because I think like, I know so much more now I probably could do so much better, but like I said, the, the cost benefit to me is just so wide that I, it just, it's not worth it to me. I just want to be mm -hmm. healthy and, um, enjoy my life and continue to be involved in the sport and support other women doing it. And I know that sounds a little bit negative just because, but I, I, I know enough women who have, um, I'm not saying it wasn't worth it, but you do assume risks with things when you're competing, um, at an older age. So, yeah, you know, and I don't think that there's anything wrong with making that statement. I think you should always weigh out the pros and cons with just about anything that you are deciding to do in life. Um, and bodybuilding is included in that. So what are your goals at the end of the day? What are your expectations out of bodybuilding? Um, weigh out the pros and cons. Talk to different people that have been in the industry and have competed themselves, you know, get their feedback. Would they recommend it? Why wouldn't they recommend it? You know, what are the things they enjoyed? What are the things that they didn't enjoy? Those are all things that should be taken into consideration when you're deciding on whether you should compete or not. Um, I, I do want to touch base off of the, 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 age thing and going back to like just the different opportunities that you do have um there's the industry has offered so many new classes and divisions it, it, each and every year it seems like there's something new that's catered to anybody at this point you know so no matter what you look like how old you are uh, there's an option for you out there to compete so if you are older you know and this is something that you're dead set on doing there's there's divisions that are called like true novice masters 35 and up true novice masters 40 and up and the list goes on um so and what that means is your true novice is going to be you're a first-time competitor so if you were in that true novice masters division you are going to be on stage with first-time competitors that are within your your age group you know so if you're kind of intimidated with the idea of being on stage with some some young 20 year olds then then go ahead and step on stage at the master's uh, division. I'll tell you, it's it's really inspiring for me to see those women on stage and they look incredible. Um, but it's nice for you. It's less intimidating to be on stage with somebody that's, they're a first timer as well. You know what I mean? And they, they're within your, your age group too. So that's an option. And you don't have to do that. But, you know, I think for some people age, they get worried that maybe they, they won't do as well. They won't be as competitive. So there's something out there for everybody. And it, like I said, it seems like each and every year they're implementing something new. Um, so seriously, anybody can compete at this point. Yes. And I, I do love that. It's probably one of my favorite parts about the shows is you see these, you know, 65 year old women, um, you know, 75, 80, 90 year old. I mean, I, I was at, I think it was at Pittsburgh, um, it was the teen masters and they had like some guy who was like, you know, 80, late eighties or something stepping up there. And, and it's absolutely incredible. So yes, I don't want to discourage anyone in any way from 
from that. But yes, you should weigh out the risks and, and it wouldn't be my first time. So, I mean, I, like I said, I already had my great experience. Who knows, maybe 20 years from now, I'll be like, screw it. I'm going to do it again. <laughs> Who knows? But um, yeah, there is so many great divisions and those master's divisions are very inspiring it, it, to, to everybody who's watching. So yeah, it's absolutely incredible. Yeah. Um, well, Brooke, I feel like I was going to say something else, but I don't remember. I don't remember what. Any final <laughs> words? <laughs> um, you know, I just want to always tell people it's an investment. Um, and don't be afraid to invest in yourself. Um, it, it takes time. But I will say that the sport itself is very expensive. So don't cut corners. And what I mean by that is, yeah, it sucks to dish out money for a spray tan or money for your hair and makeup or money for your suit, all of those things. But if you are going to truthfully put in the hard work and you're going to diet yourself down and do the crazy amounts of cardio that you have to do and spend hours in the gym posing, paying for a coach, paying for a posing coach, all of those things, make, make sure you are spending the money. Um, and if you're not at a point right now financially where you can do that, still maybe get in the gym and, and focus on your eating and things of that sort that you can do at this given moment and maybe save up until you are able to kind of afford to compete because it's it's such a special day and you see people all the time that step on stage and again they have killer physiques and maybe they cut corners and they had somebody do their own tan and it shows and then you step on stage and you did your own hair and makeup. And if you are not familiar with stage hair and makeup, it's something totally different, you know? And I understand it's it can be expensive, but it shows again on stage if you kind of cut that corner. Um, same thing with suit selection. If your suit doesn't fit you, it doesn't have to be the most bedazzled suit on stage by any means, but if the fit is not there, um, that obviously shows. So make sure you kind of think about those things and you take those into consideration as well prior to competing, because those are all things that can truthfully make or break you on stage. And at the end of the day, it is about the person that is presenting the overall best package on stage. So those are all things that you have to be mindful of whenever you do decide to compete. Yeah, that's a, it's like such a good point. That was actually one of my points is that you should have about $3,000 to invest in this prep time. And that, I mean, I don't even know, I mean, you've got, you've got coaching for, um, and, and this is the other thing too, like you should be working with a coach prior to going into contest prep because a coach, <laughs> let's, let's, let's touch a little bit on coaching. A coach has to know how your body responds to uh, to a deficit, to a surplus, to like you ideally want to have a coach that has been with you through all these, you know, it's kind of like getting married, right? Like you want to know that person before you have the wedding day, <laughs> like all these things. So um, yeah, so like you don't just like, if you hire a coach, like I want to do a show and I mean, remember we used to think it was like 12 weeks or 14 weeks for a prep. Like that was, <laughs> I literally see people post and they're like 33 weeks out. I'm like, Oh Jesus, that gives me anxiety. You know, I'm like, I better not be prepping at 33 weeks out. <laughs> Cause that's like, I think, I don't know, 33 weeks out from Olympia right now. I'm in prep. <laughs> I would have a meltdown. I know. But yeah, right. Missy, Missy just got always posts how many days out she is from the next one, even though you know she's not like in a deficit. She's just counting. Yeah. She's all in, man. She is and in, she's intense. Okay. <laughs> you but go. you know, coaching coaching is so, so important. And and to be honest, I think a lot of coaches are very um, honest. If you come to them and you're like, hey, I want to compete at this show, it's in eight weeks. <laughs> a coach is probably going to be like, you know, in obviously, depending on where you're at at that given moment, they they may take you on. But most coaches, if you're not in a point where you need to be, they probably don't want to take you on. And it's because I don't know what a person's going to respond to in particular things at eight weeks out. So we haven't been working together and the longer that you work together with somebody 
the, the more that you're both going to be in tune with one another, you know, and that is just like you said, it is like, like a marriage it's a relationship, you know, and you have, you build this trust with one another. And I mean, you have to allow a coach an opportunity to get to know your physique and know what you're going to respond to. And that's from a nutrition standpoint. That's from a training standpoint. A coach is there to help you through those things. So that's an investment in itself. Um, and I personally would recommend having a coach in season and off season. You know, I have my coach there um, nonstop. <laughs> like it doesn't matter because I need that accountability and I need somebody to help guide me in the right direction. And, you know, he's, he's leading the way and I'm following his plan to a T and what he tells me to do, I'm going to do. So I think it's very important as a competitor that you have a coach. If this is something that you're really truthfully considering doing, the longer that you have that coach, the, the better off that you're going to be. Yeah. And I mean, we all know that like these winning physiques are built in the off season that the prep part is just the pace that you're going to be dropping body fat and you know, a good coach is going to be adjusting your training volume for you as needed, making sure basically the goal is to be able to recover and stay on track and, you know, adhere to everything. So it'll be like, you know, you'll be increasing cardio um, probably, but trying to figure out how to make sure you get your training in the minimum amount possible in order to maintain your muscle and, um, you know, and then slowly be decreasing your calories. So it's a, it's a whole, it's a whole harmony of things that are happening, but it's to keep the muscle and get the body fat off. This is not a building time. It's, it's a revealing time. And then you're going to, you know, you'll go into your, your rebound and try to get calories up to maintenance pretty quickly afterwards, but not, you know, over the top, like yeah. you had said before. And you know, and then it takes three or four months before your body is um, normal again to be actually in a good building spot. Like hormones have to get back to normal. Hunger levels have to get back to normal. Like it's a whole, it's a whole thing. So it's, it's a huge investment financially, physically, emotionally, which is why we call it a lifestyle because whether you're competing or not, you're always in some sort of phase, you know, of it. And, you know, get, get into it. Like you said, like find a way to, you know, start learning about it and implementing different areas into your life. What I love about just about everything, once you know something, you can't unknow it and it really does become a part of you. So, once you start learning how to train, once you start learning, you know, how to eat in order to be as healthy as possible, you always know that. So when you're putting Oreos in your face, you're like, oh, I know I shouldn't be doing this, or this isn't aligned with my goals. And maybe that's okay. Or maybe it's what I want to do right now, but you can't unknow that, you know, that that's probably not going to be best for you. So all these things, I just, I think knowledge is power. And with this, you can do as much or as little um, with it as you want, you know? Absolutely. And you can always educate yourself. Um, there's there's so many resources now. I mean, there truthfully are. There's podcasts, obviously, that you can listen to and, and watch. The, the internet is a, I mean, it's a great tool. Obviously, sometimes it's detrimental. <laughs> but, you know, there's there's tons of resources out there and people out there that can help lead you in the right direction. Um, so take it upon yourself to educate, you know, set yourself up for success. And there's always more things that you can learn. I constantly am learning things on a on a daily basis. Um, but I love it. I think that's what I also love about it is because I am constantly learning new things um, and trying to soak and absorb everything that I can that this universe is going to allow me to have. I want I want it all. Um, but yeah, I think a lot of it too, it comes down to the, the more, you know, the less stress you're going to be, um, and, and stress is huge. So you need to make sure, especially from like a physique standpoint, the more stressed you are, the worse you're going to look. So if you can monitor those things and control your stress levels, do it, you know, and that all comes down to, again, educating yourself, making sure that you're one step ahead 
at all times, know what you're doing, have somebody that's helping guide you in the right direction. But just because you have a coach or somebody that is helping you, take it upon yourself to, to do the research as well. You know, um, there's no reason come like show day that you don't know what kind of division, you don't know what division you're supposed to be in because you just let your coach do that. You know what I mean? You guys need to make sure that you're always on the, the same page. And I know that sounds crazy, but it, it happens, you know? So have somebody that's going to help you, but do your research. Yeah, I do. Yeah, it is. It's all in your hands as much or as little as what mm -hmm. you want to, um, how far you want to go with this or what you want to do with it. So um, yeah, and finding a coach that's going to help you is super important. Uh, I mean, coaches have coaches. So it's, you know, everybody, if you want to get somewhere and you have a goal, then you're going to have to have somebody leading you. So yeah. So much. That was such a good quote. What's that? That was such a good quote. Like we need to put that on a t-shirt. I don't even know what I said. You have to go back and look. <laughs> so funny. Oh my gosh. All right. Oh, you know what I was going to say? One of my favorite quotes was I heard, I don't, Renee Jewett said it um, when she was talking. Oh, it was on one of her posts. Um, I don't remember somebody, I think somebody trolled, said something trolly, you know, um, like, what are you going to do when you don't look like this? Or I don't know what it was. And she said that she said, I know that bodybuilding has a shelf life. And I was just like, <laughs> I feel like, um, there's like all levels, like your life is constantly changing. You know, I know, like, I don't do certain things. <laughs> this Facebook post came up on my, um, you know, how Facebook has like their, your memories. Sorry. It was like from 2013 and it was like seven plates on the leg press. And I was like, what? <laughs> like, I'm like, I don't, I don't even do three. Oh, no, I was like, yeah. I'm like, oh my gosh. But also like, I think this is the beauty of how like the information that's out there and how we have evolved. It, there's a lot of training um, smarter and not harder. So you can make less weight be more by slowing it down. It's less detrimental to your joints. That's what I think about with my old training, because you know, you think about, oh, I got to move this weight from point A to point B. And you're not thinking about connecting with the muscle. So like I could do half the weight that I did, you know, when I first was training and get a lot more out of it because I'm training smarter, um, not harder, but that bodybuilding has a shelf life. I think that about competing, you know what I mean? Like hard competing um, has a time, but before that is, you know, when you're learning and, and then afterwards is when you're adjusting into your lifestyle and, you know, every decade is kind of a different phase. And so you can always implement it. Um, so I don't know. Yeah. So that was a couple of random things, but I just, um, <laughs> like, <random. laughs> yeah. Mm, okay. <laughs> So how, how are things going for you, Brooke? Things are going good. You know, um, I'm just over here doing the same things day in and day out <laughs> every single day. <laughs> but I mean, I, I truthfully love what I do and I enjoy it. So I definitely bite off more than I can chew on a daily basis. And it stresses me out more and more each and every day, but I do it to myself and I, I do genuinely enjoy it. You know, I love the sport of bodybuilding and I obviously love the sport, like just the fitness industry in, in general. So talking, I could talk about it for days and hours, you know, it's, it's what I do. So it just, it, it gives me so much joy and I just truthfully hope that it gives others just as much joy as it gives me. Yeah. This is why, this is why we have so much excitement because it has been life changing mm -hmm. once you make it a part of your life. You know what I mean? It's just, yeah. 
Yeah, I agree. So are you, you do a lot of like expediting and you travel to different shows. Do you have anything like uh, that coming up? Yeah. So the season's about to kick off. Um, I will start, well, I start traveling again at the end of this month. So I can't even believe it, but I'm, I'm ready. In, in all honesty, I feel like I've kind of been a little bit stagnant because I haven't done anything all year. I mean, we've done a few like posing workshops and things of that sort, but I'm ready for these shows to start. Um, expediting is something that I, I truthfully enjoy because it gives me another perspective of the sport. Um, I obviously enjoy competing. I enjoy being a spectator at these events, but whenever you're working these events, it's just a different dynamic and it stresses me out too, because I want everything to run smooth for, for the competitors, you know, because if it's not running smooth for them, it's probably something that I've done, you know, and I want them to have the best experience possible. So I think I've told you this before. I truthfully, I get more nervous expediting shows than I do competing, <laughs> you know, but I enjoy it and I'll start traveling. I think my first show is in um, Iowa right? It's Des Moines. And then I go to South Dakota. Then I go to St. Louis with St. Louis Pro. So <clears throat> I'm looking forward to it. I can't, I cannot wait. And I can't even believe that it's like here this year has already been like flying by. So bring it on. <laughs> so exciting. And do you find it easy to stay on track with everything? Do you, when you travel, are you gone for like, how many days are you gone for then? Usually I'm gone anywhere from Thursday to Sunday or Friday to, to Sunday, depending on the size of the show. But if I'm just being honest, it's actually a lot easier for me to stay on track when I'm gone. I'm The weekends are my biggest struggle, you know, because that's when I have a little bit more freedom. Um, so I'll just be bored and think, oh, I'm bored. What shall I eat? You know, and that's not the case. I, you should not eat anything just because you're bored. It's not time to eat. So whenever I'm out working these events, it's easy for me because I'm staying so busy. I'll focus on, I won't even realize, hey, okay, it's time to eat, you know, because I've been busy. But the downfall is if I'm on stage working an event, I'm on stage all day. So I might get behind on meals or I might get behind on water. So I try to adjust kind of as needed. So I'll drink as much water as possible prior to prejudging. And then I'll go to the bathroom and then I'm going to hold you know, I'm not going to go to the bathroom until after pre-judging is over and I'll combine meals on those days. So that's what I have to do. So yeah, I do have to make some adjustments, but it's easier for me to actually stay on track because I'm just so busy. Yeah. That, that's like very common with just people in general is that they fall apart on the weekend because, you know, they're not at work for eight hours a day or something like that. So I don't know. I think it's very important. To, to try to keep yourself busy on those days. So if you're somebody that struggles whenever you have like um, <clears throat> free time and you're just bored and I, that person, I try to keep myself preoccupied in, on other things and just being productive, whether it's like <clears throat> household chores or whatever the case may be. That way I'm not like uh, shoving my face like with a bag of trail mix. <laughs> so that's something I would do. <laughs> do you... <laughs> So you still have a, you still have an eating plan right now. Are you like, but are you like, still like, are you snacking on things that you're not tracking? You know, what is crazy is this, it, it seems like each and every year that passes on, I get more and more serious. Um, and not to say that I haven't ever been at a hundred percent because I think I have been at a hundred percent every single time that I'm like focusing on a contest prep or an off season. But it's funny, your 100% varies because I'm finding things that I'm like, okay, I can be a little bit more disciplined here than where I have been in the past. So my plan, I mean, I'm, I'm truthfully eating so much food at this given moment, but I am on track to a T. Um, and it makes me super, super proud of myself because I actually don't have the desire to really snack on anything. And I talk about trail mix and trail mix is something that like I have struggled with for years. And I know that's so funny to say, but I'm not kidding. I'm truthfully not kidding. And I just, I haven't even had trail mix, you know, um, I eat my meals according to my plan that Matt has given me and I'm so on track. I'm just so, so excited. Um, and I do have free meals, you know, and I'll have like an occasional drink or something like that, but this is the most disciplined and the most serious I've ever been in an off season. So we've got a plan and we're implementing it. 
going for <laughs> you're going for number one. I mean, you gotta yeah. you gotta do all the things, you know. Absolutely. I would I would say I know it's like too late now because like the um spring shows are coming up, but I would always recommend a spring show because um that's when all the Easter candy is out. So you can <laughs> you know that's funny to say that because I um have always used to do like I've done the St. Louis Pro numerous times right and it, they always used to have it on Easter weekend and I kid you not I remember at being done with that show and eating those like Cadbury like the small little soft shell chocolate eggs oh my gosh that was like tradition after I got done with St. Louis Pro I'd go eat some of those eggs <laughs> yeah. delicious yeah I love mm. Easter I love Easter candies so so much uh I did so my first show was in um yeah it was the same it was like April um I think it was it was April and I remember like at the end of the night like I was so we went to like a Chili's or something and my my meal was like not it was like subpar it was very not satisfying which was so disappointing <laughs> but I had like this whole box of like Easter candy that I had gotten from Walgreens and I was laying in bed like with a giant Reese's egg and I just was like I'm too tired to eat this but I'm gonna eat it anyways <laughs> because because that's what needs I think to be done. I've been there <laughs> <laughs> literally after your show you're in bed just eyes closed just eating food because you can yeah yeah but you're so tired because the whole I mean you've been up since like three o'clock in the morning for your tan and whatnot so bad yeah. oh <laughs> it is <laughs> we should talk we'll do another one and we'll talk about like show day or something like that I know we've done that before but um ah. And I think I've advertised these other podcasts on social media because they're still relevant and it was like such good information. They're still the most downloaded um, podcasts, yeah. the ones that you and I have done about competition prep. So, um, I mean, everybody wants to know, everybody wants to get into it in some way or another. And I don't want to discourage anybody from doing it, but it, having all the information, you've said this so many times throughout the podcast, that knowledge is power and you know, you just want to know as much as you can so that you don't have fears, you don't have questions, you don't have unknowns when you're going into it. And you can be confident, confident in your picking your show, confident in what you're doing, confident in your coach, um, all those things. Yes. And the only way that that happens is by knowing as much as you can know about it, you know? Yeah. You know, that's again, that's setting yourself up for success and knowing anything and everything that you could possibly know that's that's the good and the bad you know with life there's there's great things in life there's going to be bad things in life too so um you should always know that the, the good and the bad the pros and the cons and the more you know that the better off you're going to be just in general so I think these podcasts are very very good for people even just coming down to like personal experience you know we've all made mistakes I've made countless mistakes from a competition standpoint um and it's nice whenever you hear these things from other people, because you're like, you know what, that's a valid point. You know, you have never really thought about something like that. Um, so I think these are just great tools for people to listen to. Um, you know what, there's, there's something that I do want to touch on that I, um, I was, I just made me think of this. Um, I have had so many, okay, this is such a touchy subject, but I just want to say, you should not be, you should not be implementing any type of performance enhancing drugs in your first show. I oh, 1000%. Yes. And I have had way too many women who have like, I think they just think, oh, I just, I just tried some this, that, or whatever. And it's like, this is like such a serious thing to get into and something that you have to graduate to there's just I can really say you know unless you're somebody who has been training hard for a long period of time and you have really tapped out your training and your muscular potential and you've never stepped on stage 
then I could maybe see that this is your next step, but that's when it is your next step. And so just because you're going to compete does not mean that it's time for you to implement drugs, especially if you, yes, you said it perfectly. You never want to even dabble with the idea of that until you have completely maxed out your potential. Um, so if this is something that you've never done before, and if there's somebody that's telling you this long list of things that you should be doing, by all means, fire them, you know, because you have got to go as far as you possibly can first, all natural, um, before you ever dabble with the idea of, of crossing that line. Um, and even then, it's not something that you want to put like a whole long list of things, you know? Be smart. Be absolutely smart. Think about this as a whole. You have your health for the rest of your life. Once you start to kind of do those particular things, you're really walking a fine line. Um, and there's the risk is the risk is already going to be elevated at that point. So go as far as you can all natural. I, I think that that that's such a such a great argument and a valid point. I wish so many people would really be mindful of that. Yeah. And if you're hiring a coach and you say you want to do prep and it's your first prep or it maybe even a coach should be evaluating you where you are. And I, I just don't think that there should be, um, you know, the coach isn't even the one that should be bringing up, you know, the drugs. It's you or should be asking, am I at this place? And then they can evaluate that. And um we, I've had a couple of episodes that I've done with Jamie Pinder and we've talked about the, you know, how to, how people, not how to implement drugs, but some more of the stages of which that happens. And I think that's a good listen as well. Those have been very popular episodes as well, because people need to know, you know, when you're implementing um, compounds, it's one at a time. It's like anything, like, if your doctor tells you that you're sick and gives you five different medications to take, that doesn't even make sense. You know, you have to see how one is re you're responding to one and what's happening. So um, if a coach is saying, hey, you need to take all these things in order to do a prep and you've never done a prep before, I, you're definitely are. This is the wrong coach. And even if somebody reputable had recommended that coaches can say different things to different people. So they might be a great coach for one person. And if that's the experience you have with that person, you can either say, you know, hey, I'm not comfortable with that. I don't want to do that. One of the things that Jamie talked about mm -hmm. too is establishing those rules and that boundary at the beginning of your prep and not succumbing to the idea of it being presented later when you are compromised, because if you're in a state of you're tired, you're, you're hungry, you're very, very lean, hormones are kind of out of whack, you're, you're compromised. This is a time where you might cave and say, you know, they might even say, Hey, this is going to help you place better. This is going to help you do better. But you need to be in a full good state of mind to be making that decision. And you don't even know if this is something that you like or if it's something that you're going to need to do. There's no sense in taking that risk for, you know, a what if at this point. Absolutely. You're, you're never going to make life-changing money, <laughs> you know, in this sport. So that's, um, you know, the first issue, but <laughs> No, that goes back to whenever you're you're choosing a coach, that's, you need to have a conversation with this individual, whoever you're thinking about selecting as your coach and, and talk to them, whether you're able to do an in-person consultation or maybe a phone consultation and, and set those guidelines. Um, a coach is there to help you, yes, and maybe that they can give you some advice on, on things that maybe that you should do or maybe implement at some point, but it's also their job to make sure that you have a life after bodybuilding. And so if a coach is not going to be mindful of your health, that should be a major, major red flag to you. Um, and this is the thing. I have used my coaches as examples for my entire life. And the coaches that I had when I was 12 years old, they cared about the person that I was outside of my 
my training or whatever my sport was at that given moment. So they cared about the brook outside of that sport. And I have carried over that idea to this day. So whenever I had spoken to Matt, you know, about our, about his coaching prior to ever selecting him as a coach, those are things that I wanted to go over and I wanted to address that way when it came down to it, he wasn't going to be in a position where he felt okay telling me to do something when I had already spoken to him and told him that those are things that I'm not willing to do. Um, if you set those boundaries and those guidelines right from the very get-go, there shouldn't be an issue. And you know as well whether you're going to mesh well with somebody or not. And it's completely okay not to mesh with somebody. We have people that you're kind of like, ah, not really feeling this vibe with this particular person. That's okay. So I encourage every competitor um, to, to reach out and speak to these coaches prior to ever selecting them just to see if you think that it's going to be a good good fit for you, you know, because if not, you don't want to have to spend the money and the time and the effort with that particular person when you could have been spending it with another person that is going to be more on the same page as you. Yeah. You know, and like, so and performance enhancing drugs are not like, I speak of this as though I'm like this, like person who knows all about drugs, but I'm not, but I, <laughs> but it's not like, like, uh, you know, cocaine or something where people are like oh I tried it you know what I mean like yeah these are drugs that you need to be using for a cycle and um with proper training and proper nutrition you know because I mean we all know of the people who who use performance enhancing drugs who don't look like it because they don't implement proper training and proper nutrition so it's, it's an, in addition to, um, you know, and even in prep, the only thing that you're doing is just, it's helping you hold on to that muscle that you would be pop probably dieting away. So, um, you know, I mean, I'm not going to get into, this is not going to be like a whole drug thing, but I, I want people to understand, like, you don't just like try Anavar for two weeks or, you know, and expect like, you know, like it's like Superman or something like that, you know, that's not what it's, that's not what you're yeah. not going to get anything out of that, except maybe some side effects that you don't want to have. If you use something you're not supposed to be using. So, yeah. That's so valid. And again, there's risks assumed with any performance enhancing drugs. So uh, you have to be mindful of that. And some you will assume more risk than others, but there are risks. So if again, and I've heard this numerous times from people that have said, oh, there's, there's no side effects of this. Yes, there are. <laughs> now it could be person dependent and people might respond well and others not so much, but absolutely when you decide to cross that line, you are assuming another risk. So just be mindful of that. Absolutely be mindful. Yeah. So yeah, that was one other thing that I wanted to talk about. Cause I, like I said, I've known too many women who uh, this kind of dabble, you know, because of boyfriends or, you know, people at the gym or whatever it is. Um, and, um, yeah, there's a lot of risk involved and I think you have to, you know, you graduate to that like anything else. So, you know, get involved in bodybuilding, start lifting, start working on your diet, go to a show, all the things that we talked about, see if you love it and see how much of this you want to be a part of your life, because there's, there's room for some aspect of it for everybody, especially somebody who, you know, a woman who wants to be strong and become more confident and better herself. Um, and I know even like Melissa and I talked about the last podcast talking about how bodybuilding just kind of bleeds into every aspect of your life. So I think that there's such a, a good, healthy, um, I think bodybuilding and learning how to do this is very healthy and it will better you because it's a discipline that will bleed into all aspects of your life. Yeah. Gosh, you're like on it with the quotes. That's a good one. <laughs> funny <laughs> yeah so I mean this is what we love about it you know it's bettered all areas of our lives and um yeah 
Yeah, it's just great. We just want to encourage women to be strong and healthy and confident. And this is such a good route to get on in order to become that. So, yeah. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Well, Brooke, it's always a pleasure. I'm so thankful that you were able to make time. And it wasn't the end of the day. So I was all tired. <laughs> I know. Look, we look vibrant. I don't know. I don't know if I look vibrant. I don't have like a lot of lashes on one eye, you know, I, I got to get my lashes filled. My hair's kind of crazy. Totally fine. Good. It's all good. All right. Any, <laughs> any last words? What do you want to say? Any last things? Did we miss anything? I think we nailed it. Yeah. We nailed it. We nailed it. That's yeah. just, this is like, Brooke is like my hype girl. I need, everybody needs a Brooke <laughs> in their life. There we go. Heck yes. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, if you guys are looking for coaching or um, an evaluation or assessment or anything like that, um, you can find Brooke on Instagram at Walker Brooke, right? Correct. Yep. Yes. Um, that's probably the best way to get a hold of you, is it not? It is definitely the best way. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. And um, you can follow the podcast at The Women's Fittest um, on Instagram or anywhere you listen to podcasts. This video will be up on my YouTube at Buffcake22. And you can find me on Instagram at Buffcake22. And I'm happy to always give you an assessment. If anybody wants to get a hold of me, you can email me, et cetera, et cetera. And remember that healthy looks different on everybody. Thank you, Brooke. <laughs> Thank you. See you soon. See you soon. <laughs>